Hey, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Just Get Started podcast. I'm your host, Brian Andreco, and thanks again for being a part of this journey. On today's episode, I welcome in Star Hansen, who is a clutter whisperer and certified professional organizer. She helps successful people who feel like a hot mess to figure out why their clutter isn't going away so they can finally clear the chaos and live a life of freedom, joy, and peace. She's the organizer you call when nothing else works. Star has been helping people clear their clutter since 2004. She's a member of NAPO, the National Association of Productivity and Organizing Professionals. Her boutique organizing firm, Reveal by Star, LLC, offers online courses and coaching to help people set themselves free from their clutter. Star created the Chaos to Calm organizing community in 2019 to support people from across the globe in their organizing transformations. This online community has provided a safe, healing space for people to unpack what's hiding in their clutter and finally see progress after years of attempts. Star's multi-layered approach is that of mind, body, spirit, and space. She has a knack for seeing through the chaos and into the lives and hearts of the people she works with. Her approach has been featured on OWN, TLC, HETV, Style, A&E, and NPR. She has been a contributor to O Magazine, Women's Day, and Oprah.com. Star's humorous and thought-provoking TEDx Tucson talk explores what the monsters in your closet are trying to tell you. She lives in Santa Fe, New Mexico, and is an eighth-generation Tucsonian who loves living in the Southwest and never misses an opportunity to soak up a desert sunrise, sunset, or monsoon downpour. And I had a really fun conversation with Star. We definitely jumped into a lot of different areas around clearing the clutter in our lives and how that can help us become happier and more fulfilled. So I hope you all enjoy this wide-ranging conversation with Star. And without further ado, please welcome in Star Hansen. Star, welcome to the podcast. Good to have you. Thanks so much for having me, Brian. Yeah, I'm excited to chat with you. This is a, an interesting topic for me, and maybe it's just being a man or not. I don't know. Like From a clutter standpoint, I, when this came across, I was kind of really curious to dive into this because... I look at you on the surface, as you know, is seem right organizing clutter, but it's it's deep down inside us. Until yeah. we kind of discover that, we can't really improve and, and get better. So I'm I'm excited to have this conversation. Um, I thought we could start maybe as a jump off. Uh, so doing a little research before, and you had your TEDx a handful of years ago. I I noticed I was kind of sifting through a lot of the comments because I'm always curious, like what people are saying, how they're reacting. And I found one that I thought was really interesting, maybe as a jump off. Someone commented, I've built walls of clutter with which to protect myself. So I guess I'm going to ask to start, like, is this what people are doing to avoid life, difficult conversations, difficult situations? Do they use the clutter as that kind of a metaphor, really, of the difficulties in life? Sometimes. I mean, clutter can do so many things. It can help us avoid things for sure. And and it can protect us. It can also be a communication. So you might leave a cup out. Like I talked about in the TEDx talk, you might leave a cup out because you're telling your partner, uh, no, thank you very much to this path going forward. And so in that case, it's not a hide, it's a confrontation. And there are so many ways. I mean, I talk about at least nine ways when I do public speaking engagements of how we use our stuff. I've, I've had clients who had home invasions and the idea of living without clutter is uncomfortable to them because 
if their house is organized, robbers could find their valuables more easily. Mm. And so we'll get them organized and then they backslide because until we address the need for safety, they won't allow that organize, organized place to maintain for them. So what, what my job is, and I'm a little unique to most organizers, is I'm looking for how your clutter is helping you, what need it's filling, how it's serving you. And because in my for my money, if you know how your clutter is serving you, then get that need met without the clutter. Your clutter is just going to almost melt away. It's going to feel effortless. You're going to be directed to the right organizing systems for you. It's going to feel more effortless to take action. Now, if you don't know why your clutter is there and you're not connected to this, no system is going to work because you're not addressing the root cause. And so we're looking at what's really happening underneath the surface and to shift the paradigm from clutter being the shameful, horrible thing to, wow, this is some unconscious version of me talking to myself, helping me see that I have a need that's not being met and really inviting that need to be met. So like when, and maybe this goes earlier in your career, you can kind of talk to the, the, the difference, I guess, but when people organize their stuff, let's just take a closet. I'll just use it as an example. Are they really organizing clutter? Is that, I mean, like they're organizing stuff that maybe they don't even need there, right? Yeah. I mean, you're organizing clutter, but you're organizing your past. You're organizing hopes for the future. You're organizing relationships, people. You There are so many things built into our clutter. Like if you look at something in your life that is hard for you to get rid of, like it's connected to something. There's something that your brain is connecting it to that it's like, I can't get rid of this or I need this out or I don't know what to do with this because I'm unresolved on it. And so our clutter is simply symbolic of all these other chapters of our lives or all these other lessons we're working on. And the more that we can see it for what it is, the better and faster we can eliminate the clutter. And, and would you say as clutter like you know, I think about it, there can be a, a number of ways. Like when I was researching this, I was like, okay, is that like collecting things? Is that hoarding uh, things we get from other people? Is that excessive shopping to bring more stuff in? Like, is it all the above? Or are there certain things that you would categorize? All that and more, my friend. It's so it's, they call it comorbidity. There's almost always a connection with something else, right? When we have um, any kind of issue, right? Anxiety is often paired with depression or hoarding disorder can be paired with um, OCD sometimes. There's, it's very interesting kind of connections. And so, yes, almost always we have this um, experience with clutter. Now, clutter can be a beautiful safety net for a lot of people. If you look at someone who, say, for example, grew up in a military household and they moved around a lot, their stuff was consistent. The people in the city and the homes were not consistent, but their stuff was. And so someone like that who's experienced that in their early developmental years might desire a lot of stuff around them to feel full. You see this with a lot of people who are raised by um, those who kind of made it through the Great Depression, right? You get these overflowing pantries. And so we're looking at like, okay, what's really happening? There's no accident. In my mind, when it comes to recurring clutter, there's no accident. It's not, you know, like, yeah. yes, your son can come home and dump a giant pile of artwork from the whole year on your counter and it's mixing with everything from the past and mixing with the day-to-day -day stuff. And that can feel like clutter, but probably you're gonna go and sort through it, organize it, and it's not gonna come back again. What I'm talking about is clutter that recurs. You organize that kitchen counter, that clutter comes right back on two days later. And no matter what you do, it keeps going. And that's what we're looking at. We're not looking at just general 
over shopping or collection of stuff, but this recurring clutter that won't leave you alone. And how do you, how do people know the difference? How do, oh, how they do know. I, they know. <laughs> I love that. I can already tell that you're not disorganized because you're like, how do they know? And I'm like, no, your listeners know. They can tell. It's, you know, it's just, this is the, the Achilles heel. It's feeling like I have done this 800 times. What is going on? Like why, what, and you get a lot of shame. Why can't I get this together? Everybody else has got it together. What's mm. wrong with me? I don't understand this. You've read the books, you've listened to the podcast, you've done, you know, it's like, you've done all of that stuff. And you, you know, it's like, you get to this point where it's like, I don't even want to deal with this anymore, but I have to deal with it because it's staring me in the face and it's restricting my life and making me more stressed out. But it's, um, yeah, like, trust me, they know, they know <laughs> if they're listening, they totally know it's them. <laughs> well, it, well, you are right. Good call. Like, I, I don't feel I'm disorganized, but I'll, I also kind of call myself like a minimalist. I'm wondering if there's something on that end, too, on the other side of it, of like, yeah. not having as much stuff. Is that say something? I don't know. Yes. Okay. So, so can't, it's such a delight to talk to a gentleman right now, I'm just gonna say. So yes, and one of the when you talk about the TEDx um, comments, one of the comments was, does a lack of clutter signify something also? And I would say 1000% it does. I mean, I've walked in, I remember I had one client, I walked into his house, and I swear to God, Brian, I was looking for plastic. I was like, am I about to get murdered? Because there was no clutter, there was no stuff. And I was like, dude, this, e this guy either wants to kill me, or he's going to come on to me. And I'm not sure what's happening. You know, it like took us a hot minute. And thank God, neither of those was true. But what it was, was that he was having a hard time really embodying his life and his home. And so he didn't have a lot of clutter, but he, he knew based on how I speak about our spaces, that he was safe to kind of explore this. And sometimes like, you see this oftentimes when you have one partner who has a lot of clutter, another partner who seems to not have any. Um, you get sometimes where people are like, I just am not ready to spread out. Like I have a hard time, like letting me myself put a stake in the ground and really be here. Like I have to say one of my trauma responses is flight. I am masterful at running. I am so good at it. And I like, I can exist in a space. I can set up space in less than two days and I can leave even faster. And so for those of us who have a hard time kind of like embodying our space or in our lives, sometimes it can be really uncomfortable. So absolutely, it's, it is very normal to have our spaces be a playground for evolution and transformation and healing, even if it's a lack of clutter, you just can kind of feel where you feel um, a block or a restriction inside of yourself. And you're not quite sure why you are having such a hard time with it. But it's very, it's very, very common. And it's tricky for me. <laughs> it's tricky for me being someone who will like go out and when I'm dating, I can read a room. So if I go to someone's house that I'm dating, I can track the state of their life pretty quickly. I'm like, Oh, this guy's not ready for a relationship yet. Okay. Got it. Because your space will kind of give you away based on what you have, where you have it, what you don't have. Mm. It's a really, it's, it's a very interesting thing. So yes, there's always symbolism built in. Mm, interesting. When did you find, like, when did you discover some of your clutter I don't know what I would call it, like deficiencies maybe, or in terms, I don't know how you call it, but like in terms of your, when you recover, like, oh, these are things that maybe I need to deal with, or I need to handle because my clutter is telling me something. When did that so pop, I, that, that epiphany pop in your head? Yeah. So, I mean, I grew up and my mom would always say, oh, star, you're too deep for me. You know, she was always like, like I was this strange little alien child who read into everything, or I don't know that I read into it, but I just 
I've always seen patterns my whole life. I can totally track patterns and what's going on. And so the whole time I've been in, in business, which is 20 plus years, I've always been able to see it. Now, what's great is I'm similar to you where I don't have, I'm, I'm pretty minimalist. I have stuff, but not a lot. It takes me very little. I've moved around a lot. So I keep a pretty small footprint, but clutter pops up for me, just like it does for anyone else. And what's different is I don't have any shame about it. I just notice it. Like if there's a little pile that pops up, I get really curious really fast. And I'm like, what are you about? And it's almost always something emotional that I wasn't ready to face or that I feel unresolved on. Like I remember during the pandemic, I had to go to the doctor. The doctor miscoded something. I got this insanely large bill. Nobody would do anything about it. And I mentally, it was like, no one was making money. We were all shut down. And I was like, uh, and I remember this like little pile in my office growing because I couldn't figure out what to do with it. I was like, I, there's only so much I can do. So I, my suggestion for anyone who ever has clutter building up, you don't have to identify with the clutter. I don't identify as a cluttered person, but when clutter pops up, I just get really curious. So my suggestion is always choose curiosity over judgment. When you see that pile, don't go to, oh, I'm such a bad person. I'm never going to get it together. Where is this clutter? What is this clutter? Get specific, right? God is in the details. Like when you look at that little pile, is it paperwork? What kind of paperwork? Is it unopened mail? Is it laundry? Is it clothes that you can't fit into? Is it clothes you want to fit into? Is it food prep items, like the details. And I talk about this a lot. I have a membership called the chaos to calm organizing community. And we talk about this. We basically talk about a different room every month and how every room of our home basically represents an area of our life. And if you can start to see where the clutter is, and then of course, what it is, you basically have all the intel that you need to be able to turn that clutter into action. And that's what I'm always looking for. I'm not, I don't want to wax poetic forever and be like, good for you for honoring your clutter pain. I mean, it's like, yes, I want to do that also, but I really want to move you into action because you deserve a life that brings you joy. And I don't want you being held back by former versions of yourself or wounds that kind of got a little stagnant. Mm -hmm. I believe that the home is a beautiful place where we can really open some of those wounds, heal and move forward in a really free way. Um, my greatest feedback that I get from people, I'll get text mess. I just got a text message yesterday is not from people saying, oh, my garage is so organized. They're like, wow, I just spent all weekend out on the boat with my husband. Thank you for helping me get my life back. I want you to have your life. I want you to live your life to the fullest and not be really like tethered to these pains and these wounds of the past. Because they, you're saying they would be stressed out. They would be anxious. They would be, and using the clutter almost as a distractor, maybe. As a distractor, but also so like if you have a wound or say, for example, the gentleman who was maintaining the clutter because he was afraid of his security mm -hmm. until he established his security wasn't just that he had clutter recurring. He felt anxious, like anxious about leaving the house for a vacation or having, you know, it's like he would have all these mental hoops he'd be jumping through. And what clutter offers us is this lens to look at where we're really stuck in our lives. Mm -hmm. We can look at where we're stuck and then we can discover our unique footprint for how we get out of that stuckness. And that to me is the most beautiful thing about clutter because it offers this healing path that like therapies, I love, I love therapy, love me some therapy, but what's cool about clutter is you get this deep insight about yourself while making practical transformations. So you're seeing a result while you're experiencing an emotional result and it just catapults people forward in this really spectacular way. Do you notice a difference from like, you could take it from a clutter or um, maybe how they change from from um, 
men and women, and even going forward, like single versus married and how that dynamic works. With their clutter? Yeah, just with the clutter. Like, is, does it look different? Does it, you know, I don't know. I don't, you know, it's funny. It's, I think, um, I think like with anything else, life as a singleton is quite, is a lot easier because you don't have the complication of other humans who are, you know, cause I think when we're in relationship, it's so easy to blame. Well, I would have my house so much together if only he would get it together. Right. It's like, we have these scapegoats and right. when you live alone, there is no scapegoats. You're right. the only, <laughs> I think in some ways we get to our limit faster when we're single. And when you're in relationship, there's a lot more layers and, and it's beautiful. Like I remember, and I do not remember who said this, but they said, you know, if you, you can only go so far alone. And I believe that when it comes to our evolution, like when we're single and alone, we can only kind of go so high up the mountain, but you, you know, insert a child, insert a coworker, insert a partner, and your buttons are going to get pushed. You're going to be asked to, you know, kind of shift how you do things or like engage with someone else, find a middle ground. And so it's really, it can be very complicated to solve these with a partner. And yet it can be some of the most beautiful, robust experiences of our lives. I had a client who hired me and the first day I knew that she was thinking about leaving her partner, not because she told me, but because I could just track by where the clutter was and what she was saying. And I was like, Ooh, she wants to leave. She wants to make sure that if she calls that U-Haul, she can be out of here in two days. And over the course of, I think, two years, we worked together in the end because we had to confront her own communication style and her challenges with her spouse. And even, you know, we even did organizing with, with her spouse as well. And by the end, they actually are more in love than ever. They decided to, you know, she stayed, she didn't leave and they are so happy. And I hear from her regularly. And so that's kind of the beauty of what can happen in our clutter is it's the thing that sometimes you feel like I can't tolerate this, but it leads us to this kind of positive ending that we never knew was possible or that we weren't even looking for. Yeah. When you were mentioning about, I, I was kind of thinking like, remember in like when you were, we were kids, it was like, don't get in your personal space and it, you push your arms out and it's kind of, <laughs> yeah. so like when, when people come into our personal space, like it definitely makes us kind of squirmy and think like, yeah, this is not, yeah. ah, this feels weird, you know, and you almost have to not change, but compromise is probably the word I think of. Well, and I think, you know, it's, we have these, these concepts, right. Where it's like, no one teaches us how to be in partnership, right? No one teaches us how to share space. Like, how do you have boundaries with someone who lives in the same home as you, uses all the same spaces that you do, who sleeps in the same bed as you, who touches your body? Like, you have no boundaries with this person, and yet you also need boundaries. And so talking about that, like, I had a client not too long ago who, whenever she didn't want her husband to find something, she would build a mound of clutter in front of it. And so you'd see these like random mounds, well, seemingly random. And I was like, oh, but she could tell me when I started probing behind each mound, there was a reason she was basically using the clutter to de deter her spouse and her kids from being able to like find the things she didn't want them to find. And so a lot of times, you know, or I always say this organizing is nothing if not boundary work, right? We're learning how to set boundaries with our voice instead of our stuff. We're learning how to ask for what we need. We're learning how to carve out space for ourselves. Like a lot of people and a lot of, you know, parents, especially, you know, your life is not your own when you have a kid, you know, you are of service. You are entering the, the infinite service now where it doesn't end when they turn 18, you are of service. There is an organ outside of your body that belongs to you and is not you. And you are just trying to manage that. And so it's really like, how do you reimagine who you are, where your boundaries are, how you live when you're of service in such deep ways? And so it is really such a, um, 
don't know, just a beautiful journey when we can start to see it that way. And we can start to reclaim ourselves, our time, our home, and really take up space. I, I think a lot of clutter would go away if people would just start to take up more space in their lives. How do you get like someone, and, and we'll kind of use the just get started concept here of like, today, they don't know that clutter is kind of a part of this, right? Yeah. What's the first step to kind of clicking for them to say, ah, okay, that makes sense. Is there questions you're asking? Is it observations? How, how do you get them moving forward? Yeah. So, I mean, so the first thing is, I think in common clutter wisdom in the world is just get in and do it. I say, don't, don't, don't make that your first step. Like when you go to work out, like you don't just jump in and start like pumping weights, right? You have a workout plan. You take the time to strategize. Like I want to work on my legs today. I'm focusing on my quads. Like you're, you're strategizing and we need to do the same thing with our clutter. And so it's to stop and like, and I know everyone who struggles with clutter is going to say, but she said, I didn't have to do it. And you don't like, don't do it. just take a minute, but I want you to look around, like look around and look for, look for clutter that keeps building up and maybe just start to journal out like, okay, where is this clutter? And then what is this clutter? And I have a book that came out this past year called why the F am I still not organized? And that your listeners can download a free copy at um, starhanson.com forward slash podcast. And basically I tell them in there what every single room means so they can learn what the rooms mean. And then they can also find some questions to ask themselves about the room as well as what the items mean. So the two points of contact that are most important is what room is it in and what items make up that clutter because there is no randomness and getting as specific as you can when you have those bits of information, you can you can really transform your life. So that's my always with curiosity, always become a clutter detective yeah. instead of, you know, beating yourself up. Just like if I was a little kid who was inspecting and trying to discover why this was here and what, you know, become an anthropologist, like what's going on here and get playful about it instead of just rushing right to, I got to get this done or beating ourselves up, which is common for, for most people with clutter. Mm. I don't know why when you were saying that I was thinking of, you know, like Colonel Mustard in the kitchen with a butcher <laughs> knife. Like, oh my gosh, got, Clue. Like Clue, oh. you know? <laughs> oh, I love that. I'm going to build a Clue class now. You oh, like real, that's awesome. That's, I, I like that. Yeah, I think that, that, could, that could fit very well because it's like figuring out, because I was going to ask you like, how do I know even, as an example, it's funny, you mentioned like, like a, the, the box or little stuff, like in my closet over here, I have a box. I don't know, it's probably whatever, a box, a big box. And, but I have a lot of stuff in there that it's like, you know, pictures when I was a kid, it's, you know, some, I don't know, like old CDs. It's it's like a random, and I'm like, so my question is, and this is maybe other folks might be thinking in, like, how do I know if that's clutter or that's just like some heirloom, some things that I just, I want to, I don't want to throw it because it's kind of cool to have like for my childhood or something. I don't know. Like, how do I know oh the my difference? Gosh. I love this so much. So yeah. So clutter, <laughs> I have a free download people can get. It's called, you know, why is, is clutter talking to me? Um, they can get it at starhanson.com forward slash clutter speaks. And so there's like a whole host of really uncomfortable things you will feel if it's clutter. Now, if you look at that box and it's like a joyful time capsule, like mm -hmm. that is a, you know, a playlist, your ex-girlfriend from high school made for you. You probably don't get rid of it, right? The pictures, the, the tickets from a flight you did or a concert, like, and it makes you feel good and excited and joyful. 
that's not clutter. Um, if you want it to feel more functional to you, you can always create subcategories, right? Instead of one giant box, giant boxes don't really serve us, right? It's mm -hmm. really stressful. Right. So subcategorizing, like I have a box for my childhood, a box for high school, a box for my career. And so, and then I have a whole greeting cards box or, you know, when I, and then I have like the graveyard of ex-boyfriends. So I have like star past and it's like all, it, you know, they get their own box until they don't, then they go into the graveyard. But like, so you can kind of create these things. Like I tell people when you're in a relationship, you should have your own memory box and then your spouse should have a memory box and then you should have a joint memory box. Mm. And when you have kids, like your kids get a memory box for them to take with them when they leave. And then you get a memory box for your child that you keep when they leave. And so just creating these like little things, these little categories make that giant box that might feel like clutter feel a lot better. Now that clutter speaks handout that I was telling you about, mm. that's different. That's like you walk into a room and it feels like it is screaming at you. Mm. You feel sick to your stomach you can never seem to confront it. Like you feel overwhelmed or every time you look at that box, you want to go Netflix and dive into a bottle of wine. Like that's when you know that there's something more going on. It generally feels a bit more painful and uncomfortable. And once you kind of know, know that you can deal with it in a different way, because again, the first type of clutter we just described is joyful. That's your life. That's like, oh, and and honestly, Brian, one of the most challenging things about clutter is it's not like there's good clutter and bad clutter. Like clutter is just clutter, right? So there's painful things mixed in with positive things. So like, for example, if you have that giant box of clutter, 90% of it might feel amazing. But if you were really close to your grandfather and he passed away and you have something unresolved there and there are items from your grandpa in that box, you might not feel up to confronting the simple categorization of that stuff, because you see the items from your grandpa, you, you smell him, or you see his handwriting, you feel nauseous, you put the lid back on and say, not, not today, Satan, right? It's like, like, so that's what we're looking for is like, okay, we have to start acknowledging that there's two types of clutter. There's practical clutter, which is just too much stuff, right? Too much stuff, not enough space to store it. And then there's activated clutter and the activated clutter is the stuff that feels complicated and painful and overwhelming and uncertain. And because they're mixed in together, it's not so cut and dry. It's why I have a job. It's why this industry yeah. gets bigger every year because it, you know, we have every box and bin and solution and program you can think of. It's not getting people more organized because all those systems do is become the clutter. They hide more of what's really happening. And so we want to start confronting the deeper root and starting to suss those two categories out. Yeah, that makes a, that makes a lot of sense. And when you think of it, again, at, on the surface level, it's like, ah, just some stuff in a corner. But yeah, I mean, there's obviously deeper meaning to it um, yeah. that most people don't want to address. Yeah. And, and like, I don't think that we give ourselves, you deserve to go down memory lane. Mm -hmm. You deserve to like have a great time. Like half of my job when I'm working in person with people is listening to their stories and having them show me their stuff. Like play show and tell, bring your partner in, bring a friend in and be like, oh my gosh, this is what I found today. And it's funny when I work with, with clients, a lot of times they don't talk to their family or friends about this because they are so bullied for so long about, well, your clutter's still here. How much did you get rid of? And what did you do? Those aren't the questions that are going to help your your people make progress. What's going to help your people make progress is, Brian, what did you find today? Did you find anything super cool? Like, do you want to share anything about your past? Was there any big feelings that came up that you'd want to process? Like, 
having someone be really genuinely curious about your experience and your life, we need that more than we need the tough love or the intensity. Like having people really care about our experience is one of the most healing things we can experience. Mm. What would, if, if you're kind of talking, you have the, the megaphone here for the audience, mm-hmm. would you, would you ask them any question to get started? Would you challenge them with something like, what would be something you would encourage them to do maybe on in their cluttered journey if they're, if they don't know where to begin? Oh, so Brene Brown says that the antidote to shame is connection. And I couldn't agree more. And I mean, it's the whole reason why I started my community, because it's just so isolating to try to tackle this on your own. It's just, I mean, it's like trying to solve a problem from within the problem. So one of the first things you can do is like, do you have a truth teller you can share your truth with? Like, can you find that safe place? Because this is not a short journey. Your clutter didn't happen overnight. It's not going to solve overnight. And so can you make sure that you are resourced for what's ahead? And So that's the first thing that I would say is just like, find your safe person, find your safe person, find your safe people. The other thing that I would say is most of us kind of know what's going on, right? So like when, like I would say, like, even right now, if you're listening, like take a second, close your eyes, picture the one place in your house that is the most terrifying to you when it comes to your clutter. Mm -hmm. Think about that, feel it in your body, like notice where it is, notice what's going on. Like just start to pay attention to that, like be present to that because so much of the clutter that we have is in service to hiding that pain. And so we just want to start to like be present to it. So even just taking 10 seconds to tap into that and be present to it can be really helpful because it's like the monster in the closet. Your son calls you and says, dad, there's a monster in the closet. What's the first thing you do? You turn on the light. Like once you turn on the light, once you say, I see you, it's like a robe hanging over a chair. It's not a monster. And so that's what we want to do is we just want to be willing to look, look without having to take action, look without judging ourselves, look without having to get a deliverable, just look. And I'm, it's funny because I don't think I would say this to most people in an interview, Brian, but it's like, I think your I think your listeners are a little bit more advanced because they do the work, right? They're willing to kind of like curate their mental experience. And I think when you're on that path, you're more capable of this. For some people, that suggestion would freak them out. And if it freaks you out, it's okay. But it's the most important thing is that we can show up and really be present to what's there. And so even just without touching a thing, just taking a second, imagine where that clutter is, imagine what that clutter is, feel it in your body, and then ask that clutter, do you have anything that you want me to know? Like, you'd be amazed at what people get from it, right? And if your first instant or your first experience is, I don't know, just keep asking yourself if I did know, if you did know, like, just keep getting curious because that really is the thing that will shift this. Because if boxing things up or reading that book or creating a system or getting up at 5 a.m. every morning was the thing that was going to solve it, I promise you, you would have already solved it. What we want to do is start softening and look at things with a different lens. And that's the first step is just really be curious about what's there for you. Yeah. Yeah, I really love that, that whole kind of going deeper. Um, I, you know, I talk a lot about with the podcast and, and just to just get started mission, like the only way we discover happiness is by first discovering ourselves. And if we're unclear on ourselves and our path, then it's kind of hard. It's you stick oh, at yeah. the surface, well, and all, you know. And also too, how many people, I mean, I don't know many people who 
grew up with someone deeply curious about their emotional experience, mm -hmm. right? And then you grow up and you work. And again, you're working at a job. They're not super curious about your emotional experience. You right. got kids. They're not super curious about your emotional right. experience, right? If you're lucky of a partner or friends who are curious about it, but we get to be curious about it. We get to be really interested in what's going on and not negate ourselves the way that we've been negated for years. And so, yeah, this level of looking at ourselves, of being, making peace with ourselves. And I always say that, you know, like organizing is really making peace with ourselves through our physical stuff. It's allowing us to show up and have a conversation with our subconscious. And that can be such a powerful thing to do because again, most people are not, you know, when I, if I meet you, I'm not saying, how's your heart today, Brian? You know, like, do you need a hug today? Most people are not leading with, if you did, they might be like, get away from me right, lady. Right. So it's, you know, it, but this is how we get to show up for ourselves. Yeah. So this has been a lot of fun. This is, uh, <laughs> yeah, it kind of opened my eyes to a few different things. Um, and you, so you have the book out, you have, where, where do you spend time on socials? Give all the details. Yeah. So, uh, so I know that it is a little scary to trust someone with your clutter. It's really intimidating. So I say, so I'm on Instagram. So star.hansen is my handle. I'm on TikTok. I'm on, I'm on all the places and there's not many people with my name, but if you want to start dabbling because you're curious and you're interested and you want to like ease your toe in, um, if you go to star Hansen and it's H A N S E N dot com forward slash podcast. I have three gifts for your listeners and they can download a free gift and they can, I have a monster quiz so they can find out what monster is hiding in their closet, making mm. it hard for them to get organized. Um, they can also get a free copy of the book. And like I said, if they go to um, starhansen.com clutter speaks forward slash clutter speaks, then they can discover if their clutter is talking to them or not. And those, those are just nice ways to start getting in and feeling like, okay, does this broad, is this broad knows what she's doing? Is yeah. this okay? Is this a safe place? Like we want that. So, yeah. Well, as you mentioned, this is not a, it's not a quick journey. It takes, it takes a long time. So at least you got to kind of have those yeah. first few breadcrumbs to get started. And it's a brave space, right? And it's mm -hmm. like, this is one of those things that it's like, this is not, you don't want to just start posting your before and afters on Instagram, right? right. Like you want to know that you're safe because this is a very emotional, deep journey for a lot of people. They've been doing this for decades. It's been a struggle for decades. And so I am all about being gentle and loving and kind. So just dip your toe in as slow as you need to, because the more that you honor your own comfort, the better your results are going to be long-term. Star, thank you so much. This was a lot of fun. I appreciate you joining. Thank you, Brian. I love talking to you. You're such a delight. Hey everyone, and just one more quick thing before you head off on your day. If you're enjoying this podcast and are looking for other resources and tools to help you get started and move forward toward a happier and more fulfilling life, then I'd encourage you to head over to my website, brianondraco.com, and hit the subscribe button in the upper right corner. There you can find my newsletter and blog subscriptions, where I share insights and information around getting unstuck, perspective, mindset, relationships, habits, and much more. If you get a chance to sign up, I hope you enjoy. Thanks again for listening in and have a phenomenal day.